everybody, James Shepard here with the Merchant Sales Podcast. Today, I am interviewing the CEO of Tilled, named Caleb Avery. We've had him on the podcast several times. I'd really recommend actually go back and just search for his name, Caleb Avery, and CC Sales Pro um, in Google. You'd, you'd find things there with the Merchant Sales Podcast. Listen to some previous episodes. Um, but we talked today about how this concept of monetizing payments is revolutionizing the ISV world. Uh, if you are an ISV owner, we do talk directly to you in, in part of this podcast and give you some really interesting tips. But of course, we also transition to the ISO agent and what you need to do to take advantage of these trends. We talked last week about how software is eating payments. And so we're talking about all of those trends and what you can do to take advantage of that. Uh, one thing I do want to make clear, and I always do this when I have a podcast episode with a consulting client or advertiser. Uh, so Tilde is both a consulting client and an advertising client. Um, they did not pay me to be interviewed on this podcast, but I always want to make it clear that we do uh, some things with Tilled. And at the end of this uh, podcast interview, we do share some links uh, to some resources that I created with Tilled. And of course, those are sponsored by Tilled as the advertiser and uh, as a strategic partner of mine. And so with that being said, I'm really excited about the event. Oh, one thing I should mention real quick. Patty Murphy, she wasn't on last week's or this week. And the reason is because we recorded both of these episodes during the MWAA. I didn't go to it this year. She did. And so she's there lining up our, our uh, great interviews for uh, the future. Uh, and so, of course, we miss Patty, but she's not here. But we're going to go after this interview right into a questions from the field. So it might be a little bit of a shorter episode today since we don't have Patty with us. Uh, but I'm really excited about diving in and talking to Caleb Avery. Let's go. Welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm here today with Caleb Avery, CEO at Tilt. How you doing today, Caleb? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me back on the show. Absolutely. Great to have you as always. Uh, so you've been on the show quite a few times, of course. And today we're going to be talking about this transformation of the ISV market. We've talked so much about kind of the ISO perspective, which we'll get into, but we're really going to hone in on just what's happening in the ISV market. Of course, last week I did the episode with my own ISV that's integrated with Tilled as well and uh, interviewed the CEO of that company. Um, and so today I want to dive into that. Before we do that, though, give us a little update. It's been a little while since you're on the podcast. How is Till doing and what are you kind of seeing in the space? Yeah, certainly. So it's uh, it's been a really exciting time for, for us uh, here at Till. So a couple of exciting milestones for us. We just signed our 100th uh, software company uh, wow. at Till. And, awesome. you know, for, for me, I'm I'm four and a half years into the into the journey, you know, building this out. And, and definitely, you know, four and a half years ago, getting, getting to 100 ISVs would, would definitely have been kind of a distant thought uh, for, <laughs> for me. So pretty, yeah. pretty excited. Um, you know, there, I think for, for me, when I look at, um, you know, especially like the last six months, there, there's been a lot of changes in the overall, you know, ecosystem, especially for folks that are out fundraising. Uh, and so, you know, as the capital markets have gotten tighter, I think we've seen a lot more software companies that are really interested and excited about trying to figure out how to monetize yeah. their payments. And certainly for us, you know, Attil, one of the, the key parts, you know, of our mission is empowering software companies to have that ability to easily integrate and easily monetize, you know, the payments flowing through their platform. So I think for us, the value proposition has, has really never, you know, been stronger and, and this market only continues to grow. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's crazy. Every time a new study comes out or a new like data point about this, it's always like, what in the world? You know, it's just changing so quick. Um, let, let's do this. Like if we go back, say like five years, right. And, and, mm -hmm the way, you know, what it meant to have a vertical specific software company then. And then we fast forward to today. 
in your mind, what's what has the this idea of monetizing payments? How has that impacted the overall kind of software for businesses, vertical specific software? Like, how has that impacted those businesses? Yeah, certainly. So, you know, when when I think about you know over the last five years, I, I started building out till you know four and a half years ago. Before that, was consulting for for software businesses, and five years ago, the idea of monetizing payments as a vertical software business was still really early days. There, right. there weren't a lot of adopters uh, that, that were thinking about payment monetization. Even a lot of investors weren't really aware you know, of the, the opportunity. And so when I think about you know, five years ago, I think the, the statistic is that software-led payments only represented about 14% of the actual payment volume you know, here in the, in the US. Whereas you know, here, you know, five years later, that's more than doubled. And so you're talking about over a trillion dollars of volume wow. that's transitioned from, you know, the traditional agent ISO, you know, acquire model in favor of, you know, vertical software companies. And, you know, from my perspective, you're seeing these software companies realize that as they embed payments and figure out this payment monetization strategy, it's giving them the ability to change their business model where, you know, historically they really were relying on the SaaS and, and subscription, you know, fees to, to power their business. Now you're seeing all of these, you know, examples of, of companies that have been able to come in and drive two, three, four times, you know, the revenue stream uh, from payments. And oftentimes they're able to discount or even potentially give away, you know, the software portion uh, of their business by creating, you know, that payment monetization angle, and it creates a really competitive advantage for the companies that are able to, to do that well. So as you as you look forward now, and we see these trends, it almost seems like a lot of them are accelerating, if, if anything, but as you look Absolutely. forward, right, and you see these trends, and I love how you brought up the investor thing, you know, when you think about the VCs, and pretty much most of the big investors now are kind of aware of this mm -hmm. concept and, and pushing it, what is that going to do? And how do you see this kind of changing the way that um, existing company, you know, existing vertical specific software companies are built and and you know uh, are are changing, and then new ones are coming along. How's it going to impact that? Yeah, I think one one of the shifts that we're starting to see right now, and I think we'll we'll only accelerate over the next five years, is that companies earlier in their journey are going to be thinking about uh, you know how to to monetize their payments. Where you know historically, like when I was consulting five, six, seven. You know, years ago, it was primarily the the later stage, more established, you know, companies that had you know hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in volume on someone like a Stripe that were now starting to think about that opportunity, you know, to go monetize payments because hey, there's this tangible, you know, right. hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in revenue, you know, that we're leaving on the table. Whereas now, as more you know, software company founders and and investors at, at all stages are are really understanding the value. Of payments monetization, and you introduce you know opportunities and, and technologies like a tilde that make it easier you know for software companies to, to monetize payments. You know now you're talking about you know we're we're averaging a nine day integration, you know for for software companies right. into the platform, and so all of a sudden you know you have startups where that's now a viable you know opportunity right. for for them you know to to start monetizing their their payments, and so you know to to me when I look at you know, the the trends, I expect, you know, what was, you know, 14% of the overall ecosystem. Now it's probably 25 to 30, you know, percent of the, the overall payments ecosystem. I could really see, you know, over the next couple of years, the software-led payments and, and vertical software businesses being the majority of the volume, uh, you know, processed uh, here yeah. in the U.S. And we want to be a key enabler of that trend.
Yeah, and I think I think what's really interesting about this is, you know, certainly the economic pie is always, you know, growing at some kind of reasonable rate in, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. historically, right? Um, but a big part of that trend is kind of there's this opposite side to that trend, which is every merchant that goes to vertical-specific software basically is leaving the ISO agent mm-hmm. model. Yep. Is that, do you think that's accurate? I, I absolutely do. I mean, I, I don't I think, know any other you know, way to say that, right? Like that's kind of the reality. I mean, well, it's, it's true. And I think, you know, when you look at, you know, what impact that, that potentially has on the the kind of agent ISO, you know, ecosystem, when I, when I started selling, you know, whatever a dozen, you know, years ago, you weren't really competing against, you know, no. integrated payment solutions. Right. You were competing against other agents, other ISOs and, right. and call centers. And so, you know, the differentiation was, hey, I'm a local guy, you know, right. walking into to the business, I'll save you money, better support, you know, that that whole spiel. And not to say that there's not an opportunity to to do that, because there are certainly kind of merchants and verticals that, you know, value the support, value the relationship with the agent. But more and more, you're seeing every conceivable vertical that you can think of, there is a vertical software, you know, right. solution, you know, for that. And I think once merchants try you know, a good integrated software experience where they're getting, you know, help with scheduling, you know, payroll, what, whatever the additional, you know, benefit uh, of that vertical software uh, solution is, it's pretty hard for those merchants to yeah. think about going back, you know, to to an unintegrated, you know, payment solution. I think that's where, you know, there exists this combination of kind of threat and opportunity, you know, for, for the agents and, and the ISOs. Uh, that are out there. And, you know, we're certainly seeing, you know, more and more folks that are, I would say, curious about this. I I don't think a lot of people are super well educated, you know, on this category at this point, but we're seeing more and more people that are curious and trying to, you know, learn more about this. And so we get a lot of interest, you know, frankly, from a lot of the people in your, in your audience that are saying like, how how do I learn more, you know, about, you know, how to sell to ISVs? How do I break into, you know, this category? Because they're recognizing that, Hey, there's this opportunity that exists and they want to to be able to capitalize on it. Yeah. I I think it's great. And I, I want to circle back actually to the agents and ISOs here in a minute, but one thing I want to do that I think will actually be really beneficial for my audience, because, you know, for them, they're trying to figure out how do I even talk to the ISV owners and all that. So let's let's kind of zoom out a minute and, and let's say, okay, we're talking to ISV owners and executives for mm-hmm. just a second. And I know we have quite a few of you listening uh, on the podcast as well. So for that for that person that's starting, so they're maybe they're VC backed, maybe they're they got angel investors, whatever it is. Uh, maybe they're bootstrapping it like we did with uh, CC Storage. But it's like, okay, we're going to build a new vertical specific software. What do you want to say to them about like how they should be thinking about payments and payments integration? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when when you're first getting started, I think it's it's really tempting to to just, you know, go pick Stripe, go go pick Braintree, do do a quick quick integration and kind of forget about payments. We we've got other problems to to solve. Right. You know, Stripe can can handle this, you know, for us, but one of the big mistakes that that we see a lot of software companies make is is not being conscious and thinking about, you know, their data and their relationships with with their customers. And so we have folks, you know, that come to us, they've been on Stripe for for a year or two. And they, they start to realize that they, they actually don't have a lot of the data that they need to be able to move, you know, their customers off of, you know, someone like a Stripe. And so while it's easy to, to go through that initial, you know, technical integration on Stripe, you should really be forward thinking about, hey, at some point in the future, you're likely going to want, you know, to monetize, you know, your, your payments. And so even if you don't choose to monetize payments 
from day one, really be thinking about, you know, the, the data and the, and the kind of trade-offs of leveraging, you know, a platform like Stripe, uh, because you're losing, you know, access to that data, you're losing some control, uh, and that can make it much, much harder in the future to, to transition, you know, off of a, off of a platform like Stripe. Yeah, I love that. I think, you know, one thing I would add to it is I think especially for the startup that's looking for outside funding, you know, when mm -hmm. you go to do your your next, you know, capital raise, when you're able to say not just, well, in the future, we could monetize payments. When you're able to say our margin per unit here, our margin per client is 40% yep. SaaS, 60% payments. That shows those investors or whoever, the bank, whoever, oh, wow, they got multiple streams of income here, lots of recurring revenue. These people are tied in. Like, you know, so I think even if the numbers are potentially small initially, mm -hmm. having the the data about the payment processing is like crucial because you, you know, you 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 have to know. And I mean, it's not like, you know, I think I think one of the other things ISV owners don't understand a lot of times is the complexity of payments. You know, yep. even if it's easy to integrate with tilt right? There's still this complexity around margin, right? What is their interchange mm -hmm. cost going to be? Well, if you're starting out, I mean, I remember when we started CC Storage, <laughs> I had this conversation with somebody, I can't remember who it was. And they're like, what do you think our interchange cost is going to be? And I was like, well, the average ticket's about a hundred bucks. And I have no idea how much of it's regulated debit. So our effective rate of interchange is going to be somewhere between 0.7% and 1.8. <laughs> you know, it's like I have that very idea. specific range. Yeah, right? like I have no clue. I and it's like, how do you do a financial projection around that? So my point is, when you're starting out, like it'd be good to know that because you're going to know really quick. I mean, as soon as we had like ten customers, we were like, oh, I know, you know what the rate of energy. Right? You yeah. know what I mean? So anyway, yeah, I, I like that. So what about the established one? You know, they maybe they did. You know, maybe they went Stripe. They've been building for four years, three years, whatever. They've got you know ten million a month running through their platform or whatever it is. Um, what, what would you tell them about kind of the, the path forward and what, how should they be thinking about it in terms of payments? Yeah, I think for, for us, you know, certainly our, our kind of main focus has been on, you know, more established ISVs. I think, you know, of the, of the hundred that we've signed, probably 20% of our clients are startups, you know, right. crossing their first payments, but most of what we do are kind of established businesses that are leaving a Stripe or a WorldPay or, or something you know, like that. And for, for a lot of these clients, they're, they're coming to us for, I think two, two big reasons. I think, you know, one is the, the customer experience and two are the attach rates of payments, you know, in their portfolio. Mm, right. And so when you think about the, the customer, you know, experience, uh, we, we just brought on board a, a monster, monster, uh, you know, client that was leveraging a combination of Stripe and, and Card Connect. And their big frustration was that they weren't able to fully white label the, the payment. Uh, element of their platform. And for a lot of the more established, you know, ISVs and software companies, they really want to own the relationship with their customers. They really care about their brand being front and center, you know, with the sure. merchants on their platform. And so, you know, one of the things that's been, you know, core to, to Tilt has been allowing, you know, our software partners to put their brand front and center with their customers. And that's not just slapping a logo, you know, on the, the console, uh, that's really allowing them to customize the, the merchant support experience. So, hey, we send out a, a dispute email uh, to your merchant. Hey, there's a new chargeback. Well, you know, that email is going to be branded with your logo, your color scheme, your contact information. And so it's a right. true end-to-end, -end, you know, white label experience. And so I think really nailing that customer experience and having the right support available for your clients is really important for, for the established ISVs. And then that attach rate, uh, I think is also something that, you know, not enough software companies pay attention to. You know, you made the point about for the kind of uh, startup, 
you know, ISV, it's more about uh, getting that initial data. What, what's interchange? Right. You know, how are we going to be able to price this? How much money right. can we make? But for an established business that's trying to go raise, you know, a series B round of funding, those investors are saying, okay, great. Your interchange is 1.8. You're charging 2.7. Here's the margin. But why are you only selling payments to 10% you know, of your install base? Right, right. And so you know, that's been a, yep. a big problem that we've really been leaning in you know, with some of our uh, you know, more established customers where you know, they're coming to us from WePay or Stripe or, or WorldPay. And you know, they've got 1,000 customers on the platform, but they only had you know, 100 of those 1,000 customers signed up you know, right. with Stripe payments. And so that's where there's this kind of educational component where we're saying, okay, well, how does your sales team sell payments? How do you have this message on the website? How do you have it priced? How do you support, you know, this? And so there's not only the like technical integration, you know, behind till, but there's also this element of like, you know, consultative, uh, you know, approach to, to what we do, where we're also helping them figure out, you know, the pricing strategy, the go-to-market strategy, the messaging, hey, here's a battle card, you know, for how to sell. Uh, against Stripe. And if your payment partner is not going to help you do that, you better have somebody on your team, you know, that knows how to do that well, or you and your investors are probably not going to be all that happy with the attach rates uh, that you're seeing. Yeah, I love that. That's such an important variable too. You don't see, it's funny for me, I don't think about that as much because all the companies I built on the software side have all been like payments first, obviously. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like from day one, oh, you want to use our software? Well, you have to sign up for a merchant account. It comes with payments. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But it's interesting because obviously the legacy it wouldn't be that way. If they were using Stripe, mm-hmm. they're like, well, they're not making any money on that. So it doesn't matter. Who yeah. cares if they sign up for our payments or somebody else? But but yeah, to your point now, it's like once they realize, oh, we can monetize this. Then it's like, oh, wait a second. Yeah, how do we get everybody switched over? So that that's I'll be, I'm sure we'll have podcast episodes down the road to talk about some of the solutions to that. <laughs> that's a, that's that's an interesting one. Um, okay, so let's shift gears now back to the ISO agent, our our primary mm-hmm. audience that's listening into this. So as they're kind of understanding this, uh, they're buying into this obvious trend that, you know, I, I say it all the time, software is eating payments. I don't remember, I don't know who said that originally, but it's a great, great way to put it. Yep. Um, they're buying into that trend. What should they do? Like they're a small ISO, they're an agent. Um, you know, how what what do they need to do right now to start, you know, positioning themselves to take advantage of this trend rather than getting eaten alive by it? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think, you know, step one is just getting a little bit more educated on the on the space. And I think there there's definitely a, an opportunity that, you know, we we've put together uh, you know, collectively for for folks that want to to just learn more, you know, yeah. about the space. Maybe you're not ready to go out and start having conversations. You know, with ISVs yet, but we we've developed you know jointly with with you a, a training course uh, that I'm sure we can we can link to uh, you know somewhere in the in the in the comments uh, for you know any ISO agent free training course they can go in and watch a series of videos on how to find software companies how to talk to them what are the problems that they're facing what are the solutions you know that we can offer what does an integration you know look like with Tilt and that can really give them all of the information that they need to get comfortable going out you know and starting to, to sell payments you know, to software companies, our team is also, you know, very happy to, to help. So we've got several folks, you know, on our team who are exclusively focused on helping us scale up, you know, our ISO and agent uh, community. I think we're about to, to be at like 150, uh, you know, ISO agent uh, partners. I think we're like 148 or something, That's great. you know, right now. And so we, we, sure. we know how to help support, you know, agents sure. and ISOs. And for most of those folks, you know, they're bringing their first ISV opportunities ever you know, to tilt. And so it's not just, you know, highly right. experienced, you know, yeah. ISOs that have already sold 30, right. you know, right. ISVs that are coming to us. Like some of these yeah. are like individual agents saying, Hey, 
I just met the software company. I think this could be a good opportunity for Tilled. You know, would you guys mind hopping on the phone, you know, with yeah. me to, to talk to them? And so we're really happy yeah. to help, you know, walk them through, yeah. you know, their first couple of deals and get them comfortable with, you know, that first experience uh, selling to, to software companies. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things I think is going to be so exciting for both of us, uh, Caleb, is going to be, you know, five years from now when we're talking to that agent or that small ISO that like got their 10th ISV deal or, you know, the individual agent, right? And they're like, I got like, you know, whatever, whatever tens of thousands of uh, in residual growing every month. And they're like, what do I do? I need to I can go live on a desert island. Like literally there's no support there's, because it's so different, right? It's like when you, when you refer an ISV, it's like a, you know, you're, it's like a referral. I mean, it's not like a merchant account where you got to, you know, you get, you don't get the call at one in the morning when they're batched at work at the bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> We uh we, we just had an agent, individual agent, uh, bring us just an absolutely monster uh, opportunity earlier this week. And if they're able to transition all of that volume to Tilled, that individual agent would make six hundred thousand dollars a year uh, on that software company by <laughs> by bringing them to us, which is which is insane right. uh, to to me. You know, having started going door to door, it's like right. there, there's not a, an individual merchant no. opportunity to make you know fifty thousand dollars a month. Uh, you know, and residual, but like you go find the right, you know, vertical yep. software business. Like it is a realistic, you know, possibility yeah. to to earn, you know, a very very sizable, uh, you know, revenue stream. You know, over time as as they yeah. scale up, and I think you know we've used the the terminology putting your portfolio on autopilot, where yeah. you know not only is is it kind of exciting, hey, they brought their initial you know hundred five hundred thousand whatever you know merchants over, but as that software company scales. They're adding 35, 50, 75, 100 new merchants a month. Right. Well, that's 100 new merchants that you're getting paid out on. And right. to your point, you know, you haven't gone and filled out the application. Right. You're not answering questions about, you know, the the terminal. It's literally like hassle-free, you know, residual income. You literally income. did nothing. Yeah. Literally, literally nothing. You know, you, yeah. you you got, you know, my team on the phone with the right, uh, right. you know, person early on. And, you know, you're, yeah. you're making money uh, from here on out. Yeah, I love it. So um, two resources I want to direct my audience to, and then I'll ask you for any other, any anywhere else you would send them. So the uh, you mentioned the training course a little bit ago. That is at ccsalespro.com slash tilled, T-I-L-L-E-D. Uh, if you go there, there's like a form to fill out for um, the Tilled Reseller Program, and then that'll, that'll take you right over to the training. Um, also, though, I do want to bring up another one that we've done together that I'm really proud of, actually. There's a YouTube playlist, if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Just go to youtube.com slash CC sales pro. And uh, I did a, a playlist on how to monetize payments. So it's actually directed to the ISV, not directed to the agent, in the ISO it's directed to the, to the ISV. But I think if you're looking to go sell ISVs, you couldn't, you could do a lot worse than watching that. I mean, it's got yeah. like, it's like, <laughs> it's like my pitch to the ISV. And this is something where, you know, uh, everybody has their strengths, their weaknesses. You know, this is an area where I've got a lot of strength. I mean, I've already got multiple software companies. I used to be a developer, you know, I'm in the sales side of things, I've owned a processing company. And so then I also working with the till team, which is obviously massive expertise in this. So anyway, so if you want to learn more about this, we have two really good courses. The one is at ccsalespro.com slash tilled, which is the, the course for the ISOs and agents. If you want to just learn more about kind of the, the monetized payments concept, go to um, youtube.com slash ccsalespro, uh, pro, click on the playlist and it's right there. What else would you tell people, Caleb, but maybe any other thoughts on partnering with Tilled or where you would send people to learn more or anything else you want to throw out there? Yeah, certainly. You know, if you, if you want just more, more content, I know, you know, James, you're the, the king of uh, payments content, but <laughs> we, we also have, you know, a good, good stash of content yes. uh, on our website, on our blog. So, you know, Tilled.com is certainly a great place uh, to, to go learn more about kind of our, our solution, the value proposition, how pricing works, 
um, all that good stuff. And then, you know, if you just want to follow along on the journey, LinkedIn is, is really a great place uh, to, to follow me personally, Caleb Avery, as well as Tilled, you know, the, the company uh, in terms of, you know, how it, it works, uh, you know, to, to come partner uh, with Tilled. If you're a software company, uh, super easy process, you know, get in touch with, with someone on our team. We can get you over, you know, applications and, and contracts uh, right away. You can actually sign up yourself uh, for our sandbox. You can go to docs.tilled.com and you can start playing around uh, with the integration. We, we've had partners complete the entire integration in as little as three days. Uh, and they come to us saying, hey, we're, we're fully integrated. You know, where do I get you know, an application to, yeah, to sign up, active. you know, to, to Tilled, <laughs> right. uh, which is which is super exciting, just considering yeah. how self-service we've made, you know, that experience. And then for for agents or, or ISOs uh, that are interested in, in learning more, uh, we've got a couple of great folks, Peter and Ian uh, on our team are, are just phenomenal. You've probably seen them at, at some of the industry, uh, mm-hmm. you know, trade shows out there, uh, you know, talking about Tilled and you can get in touch with them at partners at Tilled. Uh, dot com and they'd be happy to you know hop on a call and walk you through exactly how you know the the program works at till love it caleb as always such a pleasure thanks for taking time to share your insights with us today and uh i'm sure we'll hear from you again soon yeah james really appreciate you having me on the show today and looking forward to next time this is questions from the field brought to you by ccsalespro.com the leader in merchant sales training and technology if you're an individual merchant sales professional visit ccsalespro.com forward slash training to get a free 14-day trial of our all-access pass. If you manage a team of merchant sales professionals, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash ISO to learn how we can help you grow. And now, here is Questions from the Field with James Shepard. Well, I hope you enjoyed that uh, podcast interview with Caleb Avery. I want to share with you today one of my kind of little life hacks, I guess you would call it, to seeing significant growth um, in my business and something that I've done for a, a while that I really believe will be actionable for you and that will help you whether you're an individual agent or an ISO owner. So a little bit of context to um, you know justify providing this, this life hack. So uh, our revenue uh, doubled from 2021 to 2022, and it is on track to triple from 2022 to 2023. Okay, so, um, and- by the way, our profits are uh, the first quarter were uh, four or five times better than the first quarter of last year. Uh, now that won't hold because we're going we're hiring a lot of people right now. I think I'm going to hire like four people in this. Uh, there's like a in this 10 day period right now because we're trying to scale up our creative team and stuff. But um, but at any rate, you know, we're th- this is not like it's all you know we're just huge growth and then our our profits are going nowhere. So we're seeing significant revenue growth, significant profit growth, and that is without any outside investment uh, of any kind. So um, how do we accomplish that? Like, you know, what are the things that have to happen in order to see that kind of growth in your business? And what I always really challenge uh, myself to do and what I would challenge you to do is start thinking in terms of constraints and in terms of, you know, giving, putting yourself in this box where you say, I have to, if I had to accomplish something, what would I do? Right? So as an example, um, when you look at your customers, let's say you have a portfolio and you've got a hundred merchants, right? And that portfolio, let's say it's, you're making um, $8,000 in residual income. So one way you could say that is your average merchant, you're making $80 on each merchant account per month, right? So here's a question you might ask yourself. You said, okay, if you had to get your average merchant to pay you $1,000 a month instead of 80, what could you do, 
right? How would you do that? And, you know, I'll give you some ideas in a minute, but when you start asking that question and you say, okay, I, I have to make $1,000 per account, how would I do it, right? What's going to happen is your creative juices are going to start flowing. And if you force yourself and, you know, and the easy thing is, you know, you're listening to this podcast, you're driving down the road. I ask you this question. You're probably already moving on to something else in your mind because I'm talking, right? You'd have to pause the podcast right here and you could take the next 30 minutes or an hour and think about that question and say, okay, I want to get customers to pay me $1,000. What would my customers pay $1,000 for right now? And how can I provide that to them, right? Is there someone I could hire that would come into my company that would have some skill um, that they need, right? Um, you know, could I, should I be targeting larger merchant accounts? And how would I do that? Right. If I want my average customer to pay a thousand, make a thousand a month, well, maybe I just need to sell larger accounts. Right. Could I do that? Um, could I provide them with consulting services on how to make sure their point of sale system is running really smoothly and, you know, offer that? Could I partner, find a strategic partner in the local community that does video marketing or social media marketing? And maybe they're charging these merchants three to five thousand dollars a month in marketing. And maybe they'd be willing to pay me. $500, right? So you think about ideas like that. And as you're just driving down the road or, or you're sitting somewhere quiet, if you take 30 minutes or an hour and say, okay, I'm not, I'm going to stay focused on this one thing. And that thing is going to be, how do I triple quadruple my revenues, right? Um, you might think about and say, okay, instead of looking at per customer, you might look at your overall business and you might say, okay, so $8,000 a month, I'm making $64,000 a year in um, residual income. You say, okay, so this next year, I want to make an extra $100,000, okay? And not just I want to, I have to. I have to make an extra $100,000 next year, right? Or, and come up with something, this is what I like to do, you know, uh, is I like to be really extreme with it in my mind. Like, you know, in your mind, think about a scenario where you have to do it. Like, if I don't make an extra $100,000 next year, they're going to repossess my house, you know, um, whatever, right? Some really extreme example, uh, they're going to, I guess not repossess is not the right word for a house, right? They're going to foreclose on my house. There you go. How about that? Repossess your car, foreclose on your house, whatever, right? You get the idea. So an extreme example like that. And you're like, okay, I have to make an extra hundred thousand dollars next year. Maybe you have a company and you're already making a million dollars a year, you know, a more established ISO. And you say, okay, we want to double our revenue next year. If we had to double our revenue next year, what would we do? What are some ideas? Get people together in your company. If you're not the idea person, Find some other creative people, uh, you know, whether it's in your company, if you have uh, other employees or, um, you know, your uh, other business people that you know and say, hey, if you were in my business and you're like, I have to make another an extra million dollars next year, how would you do it? And start thinking about that, right? Um, one of the other exercises that I got from Grant Cardone that I really like is, um, and I don't remember exactly how he words it, but the idea is you think about people you're going to sell and you say, okay, is there something I can sell if I want to make, if I want to make, you know, a million dollars next year? Is there something I could sell to one company that they'd be willing to pay a million dollars for? If not, is there something I could sell to 10 companies that they'd be willing to pay a hundred thousand dollars for? So, you know, roughly, you know, $9,000 a month or, or whatever it is, right? By the way, this whole time I've been using the wrong math tonight. If I say 8,000 a month would be 96,000 a year in residual. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, anyway, but you know, how much, you know, you know I, can I sell 10, mer 10 uh, uh, businesses on, on a hundred thousand dollar thing? If you say, well, no, I can't think of anything. Okay. Well, could you sell 100 businesses on paying you $10,000 a month 
for something if you want to get to a million a month, right? So you got to think through and start on the high side because you might actually be surprised if you really start to think through it and you ask yourself, what would these businesses be willing to pay? And, and realize that, especially for more well-established for, you know, these, these companies that are, that are well-established, you know, you may not even be able to sell them on payment processing directly, but you might be able to sell them on consulting services to help them understand their payment processing and restructure their payment processing. So there's a lot of different ways that you can leverage that expertise uh, to your advantage. And you've got to think through in your business how they could be. Now, I can give you all the specific examples because you're unique. You have a unique set of skills. You have a unique background. Maybe your background before you get into this industry is that you were you were a restaurant owner, right? Okay, great. Well, what if you what if when you sold your payment processing services, what if you bundled things together to make them more valuable? What if you went to a restaurant and said, "Look, I'm the guy that people work with when they want to streamline their operation, and so I provide payment processing." I provide a point of sale solution. I train the employees. I train the team. I, I'm in here three times a week uh, for the first you know, two months. Then I'm in here one time a week for the rest of the 12 months. We do a 12-month agreement and it only costs $100,000 plus the cost of payment processing, right? So, you know, imagine if I could just revolutionize and they've got, you know, a big restaurant or they've got three locations and they may be doing, you know, a combined you know, million dollars a month in revenue. So for them to spend 10,000 of that million on you to streamline their operation as far as the point of sale, the payment processing, making sure everybody gets trained, you're going to you're going to help them make good operating procedures for training new employees like what if you rolled everything together like that and you went to the restaurant and you said, you know, yeah, the minimum deal that I do is uh, you know, it's $100,000 a year or it's $50,000 a year or $25,000 a year, you know, I don't know what, you know, whatever, right? How much do you think it's worth? But stop thinking of it in terms of how much do I think I could sell this for? Instead, you got to think of how much value would this add to my client? Now, I do not recommend selling something that's a bad deal, right? Don't sell it for $100,000 if you don't think that that restaurant isn't going to achieve a million dollars in organizational value as a result of what you do for them, right? If you say, well, I think I could, I think I could help that restaurant be worth a quarter of a million dollars more because I could help them increase their uh, you know, their, their cash flow, their monthly cash flow by 8,000 or $10,000. So, you know, then I would say, well, if it's only going to be worth a quarter of a million, you should probably sell it for $30,000 or something like that. So I like to do a 10 X, right? So whatever I'm going to sell to somebody, if it's something expensive, I want to make sure, Hey, I'm going to be able to give you 10 times, uh, that result. I had a conversation just yesterday with a new potential, um, consulting client slash kind of strategic partner. And I was pitching them on, uh, you know, a program that would be a two-year uh, program that would cost about half a million dollars, so a quarter of a million dollars a year. And, uh, you know, we have a, a verbal interest and, and I believe we'll move forward pretty quickly with that deal. And what I told the CEO of this company when I was having this initial conversation is I said, I want to be really clear about something. I said, if you don't believe that what I'm describing to you and what we're going to do together, if you don't believe that's going to increase your company valuation by at least $5 million, let's not work together. I'm not interested in working with you unless we both agree that if we, here's our objectives, right? If we can accomplish those objectives, do you agree with me that we're going to see $5 million minimum in new value creation? Because I believe we will. And he agreed with that. So once he agrees with that, well, I'm going to generate 5 million in valuation. Well, then why wouldn't you pay half a million dollars to get 5 million? right? And so you got to think of it more in terms of the value you can provide. So for those of you that are a little bit newer to that game, um, and you're dealing with these merchants, you know, think bigger. Okay, that's the main thing I want to get across today is 
think bigger. Figure out how can I bundle these things together to make them more valuable. And that's just such a huge, huge part of it. Um, and the other thing I will tell you is when you think about how valuable would something be to a company, you've got to you've got to understand company value, right? So a good way to look at it is you understand residual uh, valuations, right? Most of you understand that concept. If you have a $10,000 a month residual income, you can plan on getting $200,000 to $300,000 for that residual income. So if you can increase your residuals by $10,000, that's actually worth, let's say, two dollars or $300,000 to you, right? I think we all kind of understand that. So if you're in this industry, you should uh, understand that. Um, and so if you understand that, you should be able to understand these businesses in the same way. If you can go to a, into a restaurant and you can do something for that restaurant that's either going to increase their revenue by $10,000 a month or is going to decrease their expenses by $10,000 a month or some combination of the two is going to generate a $10,000 per month additional profit or cash flow. Well, guess what? That restaurant eventually is going to be sold or it's going to have investors or whatever it is. And so the valuation of that restaurant, because you've increased that cash flow, the valuation of that restaurant is going to go up by $200,000, $400,000 because of that $10,000 per month um, improvement in their monthly financials. So for you to come in and say, I will charge you $50,000 this year, right? Um, and so, you know, we're going to charge you, maybe it's, you know, $4,000 a month. So $48,000. So you're gonna pay me $4,000 a month for 12 months. And in exchange for that, I'm going to stop by here twice a week and I'm going to work with you to set all this up and make sure your point of sale system's working and train your staff, et cetera, et cetera. And as a result, let me show you how that's going to improve your bottom line of your company by $10,000 a month. Then in their mind, it's like, well, this is a no brainer. I'm going to pay this person $4,000 a month and pretty quickly, I'm going to be making an extra $10,000. So even while I'm doing this contract, I'm going to make them $6,000 a month. And at the end of the 12 months, they don't have to pay me anything anymore. And they get to keep that $10,000 a month in additional profit. What a fantastic deal. So my point to all of this is, if I was starting all over again, and I had to start from scratch, I had none of my employees, none of my team here. Uh, you know, I think we have, uh, by the end of this week, we'll probably have 31 full-time employees um, at CC Sales Pro and our other subsidiaries. And if I had to start over from scratch with zero and no money, um, which is how I started, by the way, in this industry, and you said, James, what would you do? This is what I would do, okay? I would go out there and I would still sell, but instead of me going out there and trying to make 100 bucks per month per account or 200 bucks or whatever, um, I would be going out there looking for, you know, medium-sized businesses where I could go in and justify getting a $2,000 to $10,000 per month uh, income stream from that one business in order to holistically help them with their payment processing, their point of sale system, training their staff and all of that. And so you got to become the expert at something, right? You can't you can't sell expertise if you're not an expert, but that's exactly what I would do. And I'm very confident that I'd be able to go out there and I'd be able to get myself 10, 12 accounts very quickly that were paying me an average of say three to $5,000 a month and generate a huge recurring income stream in a short period of time. So I would hope that you will take a minute right now to think bigger. What if you had to grow your revenue? You had to make more money off your clients. What would you do? Think bigger. Think in terms of what's valuable to your client. How can you increase? How can you take your expertise, your resources, and provide value to your client? How much value can you provide? Okay, let's look at that and let's figure out how, how you can then charge them so they can make an investment in order to capture that value. My name is James Shepard. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to this podcast. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week.
Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of Greensheet.com and CCSalesPro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.